first reading is Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash round his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goats, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child puts his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the remnant that is left of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. Our New Testament reading comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 to 13. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should place his neighbour for his good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs, so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Loving God, we give thanks and praise to you this morning. You are God who is always there with us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you became human so that you were bear with us all that is human. You were rejected, you were crucified. Lord, those you came to save were the same who turned against you. Lord Jesus, you faced all the contradictions of humanity. And so, Lord, you are not a high priest who is not touched by our frailties. You are God who knows how it feels when we are rejected when we are abandoned, when we are sorrowful. You are also God who gives us that time of rejoicing and celebrating because, Lord, you rejoice over your people. And so, Lord, this morning we pray that you will speak to us, give us understanding as we share from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Morning again. Wonderful day, lovely. I thought it's going to be freezing cold, but it's not freezing cold, so it's very good. Um, this morning we are looking at a theme that has to do with the root of hope, the shoot of hope, the stump of hope, and the branch of peace. Advent Sunday, last Sunday. We lit the first candle, and so this morning we are going to light our candles, okay? And um, today being the second Sunday of Advent, we are lighting two candles. The first one last Sunday represented hope, and today we'll light the second one that represents peace. And as this light shines, I pray that indeed it will shine through our hearts. Every darkness will flee. Every place of pain will go. And the Prince of Peace will come right into our hearts. Now I'm talking about shoots. But Jesus, we are told, is the root of David. Rising from the stump of Jesse. What does that mean to us? It means to us that the coming of Christ is not just something that happened suddenly. There is a history to it. That the coming of Christ was predicted long, long time ago as we read in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11 tells us of this stump of Jesse that is going to rise. I don't know about you, you probably have done some research to go through your genealogy and I wonder what you found. Many people have found all kinds of people down through their history. Some celebrities go through this. I I think you must be watching some of them on television. They go through different you know, nations, 
just to trace where they came from. Some have traced their ancestry to Africa, some to Asia, and some of them never knew they had any linkage until they began to trace. Now, it happened that when we lost my grandmom, my father's mother, now here you have records that goes through centuries. But it is maybe in the past century that in lots of other places like Africa that we began to keep records. It's all been oral traditions handed over from generation to generation. And so people can actually trace their histories back many generations back. But when we lost our grandma, we began to trace, of course, in order to write her history. Incidentally, she was the oldest living person all around the community. So nobody of her age was alive to tell us anything. (laughs) And of course, nobody older than her was still alive. So we could go through stories that people knew until a certain point we got stuck. We knew nothing else about her. Now, that's to tell you the difficulty sometimes to fall back on what we believe is our history. But Jesus had a history that was well recorded. If you go forward to Matthew chapter 1, okay, Jesus' ancestry was well recorded. And we find from the very beginning of the story of Jesus, the Gospels, it was very, very important that the ancestry of Jesus was clearly marked. So people realize God did not just throw Jesus from the sky. He could have done that, just landed from above and landed in Bethlehem. (laughs) Not to be born by a virgin Mary, but that would be very bizarre. I'm sure people will begin to wonder what kind of human being is this. But he was fully human. And through Matthew chapter 1, you begin to find there a lot of individuals. Now, if you think your family history has a problem... Look at Jesus' family history. Now, if you have your Bible and we want to go back to Matthew chapter 1, you will find that about the third in the lineage from Abraham, Judah, Judah was a person who slept with his daughter-in-law, Tamar. Judah to be mentioned as part of Jesus' ancestry is really very interesting. If you read through the Bible, God allows things to be written that if people were going to write their own history, they would want to choose the best part of it. They would not tell of that their ancestor who went to prison. Okay, they will not tell of that their ancestor who was ostracized from the community for having committed the heinous offense. But if you look at the ancestry of Jesus, now again, you find that in the Jewish tradition, only men, when you're 
dealing about ancestry. You're going through this man and that man. And, but you look through, you find some women. Some of them are not Jewish. Rahab was a prostitute. A prostitute in Jericho. Do you remember the story of Jericho? Rahab is mentioned there in verse 5. So in the genealogy of Jesus, there is a prostitute mentioned. You go further, you see Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite. She has nothing to do with Israel. But God brings her into the story of Jesus to also indicate that whoever is a stranger is welcome into God's family. That it doesn't matter who you are, even prostitutes are welcome into God's family. That people who are counted as no people, they are people that God counts on. And God is saying, you're welcome whoever you are. And so the ancestry of Jesus tells a lot of story. But going further on, Isaiah is talking about that coming king. The stump of Jesse. Now talking about the stump and the root. You know, a stump is the part of the tree that is cut down that is still in the ground. The stump is a sign of hope that all is not gone. And that's why we talk about the shoot of hope. Because from the stump comes up what? The shoots. And so far as there is the stump in the ground that is alive, it can only take time. And that's what it took. It took a long, long time. The prophets were waiting for the coming of Christ. And they were all looking for where he would come from. But they knew it was from the tribe of Judah. And so God was bidding his time. And when the time was ripe, as Galatians say, that God, Jesus, was born of a woman. It was important for Jesus to come in our human nature. Because for one to pay the price of sin, it needed the shedding of blood. That's why the Bible says, if there is no shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. And so, Jesus coming from the roots of David. Now, think again of David. We, we, we so glamorize David, but you also remember that David was also one who conspired to take his friend's wife. And then not only that, he plotted for this man to be killed in battle. Now these are histories in the lineage of Jesus that tell us that these were not perfect human beings. So when you look at yourself and feel, I'm not perfect, you're not alone. So many people who have been mentioned and accepted by God. That's why the scripture says, it's not by our own wisdom or strength that we are saved. He said, it is by grace. It is the gift of God. The gift of God who has given us without our laboring or working for it. And so the shoot of hope is to tell us that no matter how long it was going to take, there was still hope. And so in Advent, we talk about hope of his second coming. That the Lord kept his word the first time, he's going to keep his word again the second time. It might take a long time and people are wondering, why is he not yet coming? Oh, you go to tell people, they say, well, we've heard that before. And it's never coming. 
But the scripture tells us that God is only waiting so that people will not perish. They will come to him. And that root of David, in fact, if you go to Revelation chapter 19, there we begin to see Jesus himself talking. In the book of Revelation chapter 19, verse 16, we are told that on his robe, And on his tie, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is Jesus being presented. But let's go further again in the same revelation. And we begin to see about him in verse 16. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So Jesus said he is the root and the offspring of David. So if there was any doubt, here we see it in the last book of the Bible. That he is that root that sprung up, that, that shoot that came off that root of David. Now the root, the stump, can also be a stumbling block. That's why the scripture says Jesus being preached is a stumbling block to those who do not believe. Because they wonder, how is it that the person who died over 2,000 years ago can be the one who can forgive our sins today? How is it that someone who commits a heinous crime is forgiven by God. That's God's gift. But it's a stumbling block because people want a situation where they can pay for their sin. They can brag and say, yes, I got it by this much, by my sweat. But God says, no, you can't pay. That's why it says, what can a person give in exchange for their lives? And so, we move on to the branch of peace. It is that shoot that grew up and produced that branch, that olive branch. We read in the Old Testament book of Genesis, when God destroyed the earth because of people's sins, that Noah built an ark. And when the waters receded after the flood, that bird went out and brought that olive branch, a sign of peace. God saying, it is all over. And so Jesus came waving the branch. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. He said, I'm no more angry with you. Come to me. And God invites us. In this time of Advent, let's remember that God gives his peace freely. It's not something we pay for. The branch of peace. God is waving it to you. And saying, don't go away like the prodigal's father. He was waiting for his son to come back home. The son thought to himself, no, I can't go back. I've messed up. I've, you know, squandered everything my father has given me. I can't go back home now. Everyone will laugh at me. Until he came back to his senses. And then he went back home. But he never knew as he was condemning himself. That the father was actually waiting for him. The father didn't condemn him. 
He was just hoping my son will come back home. He was just waiting. And as soon as he saw, you can imagine, he saw him first from the distance. He recognized his son. God knows you. God knows me. It doesn't matter what, you know, has happened. God sees us and knows us. And yet, God loves us. He reaches out to us. Whether our genealogy is untraceable. It doesn't matter. We have a new genealogy in Christ. Because the Bible says, if we are in Christ, we are what? New creation. All things have passed away. All things have become what? New. And so your history is gone. It's wiped away by the blood of Jesus. Washed away. It's not what you're thinking. God is saying, no, you're not condemned. God is saying, no, I accept you. You are mine. Don't run away. Don't go away from God. Because he loves you. And so you have a new history. You know, when the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, a new creation it's actually saying the sense there is that you never existed. <laughs> what does that mean? It means whatever it is that happened in the past, God has done away with it. You are now a new creation, brand new. You are not refurbished. <laughs> you see, when our cars are accidented, sometimes we take it to the uh, car repair place and they have to knock it together again and spray paint it over. No, that's not what Jesus did for us. We are brand new. Everything is different. And so he says, don't live in the past anymore. You are a new creation. And with that newness, he says, we are joint heirs with Christ. We are now accepted in God's... You see, if the queen comes out today, you must be lucky to say, you are now my son, you are now my daughter. And she writes your name in her family you know, um, history well and puts you in her will. Nothing will take it away from you. Because she did that. And Jesus has a will for you. That you're a new creation. That you can come to God. The Bible says those of us who are far away from the commonwealth of Israel, we have now been transported into God's family. And so that earthly family, whether it's good or bad, it's not important because our goodness, our badness will not bring us into God's presence. It is the blood of Jesus that has made a new and living way. And so, people of God, this morning, to bring it together, the shoot of hope is to tell us that whatever we experience today, there is hope for tomorrow. I like that um, um, wedding hymn we always sing. It says, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside." Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. 
Lord unto me. That's God's faithfulness. He's plucked us out from the lineage of destruction and plucked us into Jesus' lineage. We are different. We are now people are judged by God. You see, when you talk about righteousness, it's not because of what we've done, but what Jesus has done. As if we've never sinned. That's justification. Just as if we've never sinned. And so God forgets all of that. And then the other bit of it, the branch of peace. You see there, let's close with that same scripture in Isaiah. Where it says to us what is going to happen in those final days. Isaiah chapter 11. It says to us there, there's going to be peace. That kind of peace where... A child will, you know, stay at peace with. Okay, let's, let, let's read it. In verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 11. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard with, will lie with the goat, the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. It won't go after the ox. That's a sign of peace. He said the infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. What other sense of peace do we have here in the world that's comes close to this. And that is when in that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the people. Hallelujah. The root of Jesse will stand as a banner. It's important for us to realize it. And that is when that glorious peace will come. When the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords will be revealed. Let us pray. You may be worried about your own ancestry. Don't worry anymore because the Prince of Peace is your ancestor. Because the ancestry that's important is the one that will bring us to that final place of peace, the presence of God. Jesus came like one of us so that all of us can be like him the Son of God. We all can be the children of God. Whatever it is this morning, the Lord is saying to you, I am your peace. I am your peace. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for hearing our prayer this morning. We worship and adore you, Lord. We pray that you will fill us with your goodness and with your kindness. Help us, Lord Almighty, to draw near to you by faith and to know that the Prince of Peace has brought us. If Jesus, that stump, that shoot, 
came forth. Lord, we know you will come through for us. Whatever it is, Lord, that your glory will shine and your presence will be revealed. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. On this second Sunday of Advent, we go with the hope and with the faith that you have never abandoned us, never left us, nor forsaken us. Be with us now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.